Great to see you all. Thank you for having me. How about I pray before we get stuck into this? Father God, watch over us as we look at your word this morning. We pray that you be with us, speak to us. Help us to be the people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I'm a country boy. I grew up in a place called Yarrawonga, which is hot and warm and wonderful, um, as opposed to, I won't be rude about cows. Uh, When I was growing up, I was... uh, Some people may have said that I was a bad boy. I did lots of stuff that got me a reputation for being a troublemaker. I was a difficult person. Maybe I still am in some ways. I did lots of dumb things and there came a point in my life where I decided that I had to sort myself out. I began to read John's Gospel. I became attracted to Jesus and I started to go to church. The church I initially went to was a traditional one. It was the one that my mum had often taken me to. I decided to go to a different church. And the thing that struck me about the church that I went to was the people in the church. A lot of the people knew who I was and what I was like, but I was welcomed, I was accepted, I was not judged. People did not tell me what I needed to do or what kind of person I needed to become. I was just embraced. I would say now that it was an experience of grace. Now, my hope is if people come to DPC, that if you join DPC, get involved, that your experience of being a part of the DPC community will be one of grace. In my view, it should be a place where people feel at home. Now, to help you think about all that and tease that out a little more, we're in Psalm 133. So let me start with, uh, with this question. Have you ever been on a road trip? Like coming to cows is like a road trip, especially last night in the rain. In the Old Testament, road trips are big. They're not simply family holidays, they're community holidays. It's almost as though the whole community journeys up To Jerusalem. And on the way up to Jerusalem, they sing songs. Psalm 133 is one of those songs. This is verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Now, can you feel the joy? The people who sing this psalm are happy. They're happy literally because they're brothers and sisters. They're all descendants of the one family. They're united by blood. They're also united by a common faith in God. Being a part of that community fills them with joy. So here's a question. Do you belong to God's community? Do you identify as a Christian, a part of the community? When you become a Christian, you embrace Christ as Lord. You become a child in God's family. You have brothers and sisters, aunts, uncles. You experience grace. The only question really in the end is, will you live in unity with the people in the family or will you live in disunity? It's the only question. What might that look like to live in unity? That's verse 2 here. 
It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down under the collar of his robe. Now, I hope you can see the picture of unity he's painting. It's a picture of a priest being anointed with oil. A priest is in the dirty, smelly business of sacrificing animals to atone for sin. The oil that is poured on the head and runs down the beard that covers up, as it were, the other disgusting odours that are surrounded with killing animals and burning them. It's an ancient picture of unity, united by the atoning work of the priest. Now, what might that look like for us? Well, let's think about Paul for a moment. The Apostle Paul, initially opposed to Christianity, he acted in violent ways to destroy the Christian community, persecuted Christians, many died. One day, Paul is confronted by the risen Jesus, Acts chapter 9. He becomes a Christian. The Christian community is then confronted by a new challenge. Can it live in unity with Paul? So let me direct your attention to Galatians chapter 2. Listen to Paul's language. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I did not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. What's Paul saying? I want to suggest three things. First, he says, I died with Christ. He is saying from God's perspective, I've been judged. Judged with Christ. I have died with Christ. Christ has paid for my sins, atoned for my sins. Totally. Second, he says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's saying that when God looks at me now, he sees Christ. He sees somebody who is righteous. Lastly, he sums it all up in one word, and that word is grace. He has experienced and been transformed by the grace of God. And he's saying to the Christian community, Christ's blood unites us. Treat me with grace. Christ's blood unites us. Treat me with grace. Now, what does that look like to be treated with grace? Well, let me take you back to Psalm 133, verse 3. It is as if the Jew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Now, again, let's think about the picture David is painting. Mount Hermit is located 9,000 feet above sea level. In winter, it's covered with snow. In summer, the whole area surrounding Mount Hermon stays lush and green. At night, there is a heavy dew. Mount Zion is located in the south. 2,400 feet above sea level. It is hot and dry. There's very little dew. 
What is grace like? It's like the dew coming from Mount Hermon falling on Mount Zion. It's moist, it's refreshing, it transforms, it gives life. What does it look like to be a part of a Christian community? It should look like dew falling on you. You go to church, you ought to be, let me suggest this, refreshed. You should come empty, but there's a sense in which you leave filled, nurtured, encouraged, built up. You might put a little note somewhere on your page. Is that your experience at DPC? Now, you'll only be refreshed, let me suggest, only be refreshed by grace if your Christian community of DPC is living in line with the gospel. That's Paul's language in Galatians 2. Let me... Let me read again from Galatians 2. Listen to Paul's language. When Cephas, that is, Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews also joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Now, that's words I want to give you some pictures. So if you've got a pen, I'd love you to draw two diagrams in your notes. You've got two boxes in front of you. Above one box is works and the other box is grace. So let me start with the first box. There's a horizontal line across the middle of the box. You can choose the language you use at this point, but above the line you can put light, below the line darkness. Above the line you can put justified, below the line you can put condemned. The religious message is that we all fall short of God's glory. We're all below that line under God's judgment. We fall short. The religious message is that you can lift yourself up, however, by being good, going to church, having a quiet time giving money to the poor. Do the wrong thing, however, you're pushed back down below the line and you have to start the whole process all over again of lifting yourself up. Your whole life, if you're a religious person, is always up and down. So when you're up, when you're doing good things, you feel confident. When you've had a bad day or a bad week, you're below the line, you're depressed, you're flat. You're up and down and you hope you die when you're up. Because maybe God will do you a favour. Now, that's not Christianity. It's got nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity, I take it, is that second box. There's a horizontal line across the middle of that box. That's because God is light and in him, in him there is no darkness. We all fall short. How do we lift up? How do we get up? The Christian message is it's through Jesus. He lives a life we do not live. He dies a death we deserve to die. Please draw a vertical line right through the middle of that box. You should have a picture of the cross. What is Christianity? The message is not try hard and lift yourself up. The message is Jesus is your substitute. He lives the life you do not live. He dies the death you deserve to die. Put your faith and hope and trust in him. He will lift you up permanently. 
You're not simply forgiven or justified, you're adopted, you're brought into God's family, you live as a child in his family, that's permanent. Two boxes. Now, what is Peter in Antioch communicating by his behaviour? What, what message is he giving people? I think the message he's giving people is you are not justified by faith in Christ alone. You have to watch which food you eat. He's saying to Gentiles, the way to be right with God, the way to be justified, the way to be lifted up above that line is you need to eat the right kind of food. You need to obey Jewish food laws. Peter seems to be communicating box A. Now, what kind of dark, ugly culture is created by box A? What does it look like to go to a church which is box A? You will feel judged. You will feel policed. Your status and place in the community depends upon your performance, on your works. You will leave church feeling dry rather than refreshed. You'll come to church feeling that you are never enough. Weighed down. Now, Paul in Galatians 2 challenges that dark culture. Listen to what he says in chapter 2, verse 14. When I saw that they were not acting, and here's the language, right, not acting in line with the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you're a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it that when you force Gentiles to live by Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. What is Paul saying? That if you're going to live justified by grace... If that's the gospel message, you have to live in line with it, which means you have to treat people with grace. What does it look like to be part of a church that preaches and teaches box B, the cross? What does it look like to be part of a community that is shaped by the gospel? I think it means you, you're not forced to prove yourself. You're not on a trial. You don't have to live up to people's expectations all the time. You don't have to conform to the kind of some cultural stuff that's a part of a church or a community. It means that there's a real sense in which you're at home, loved, Nurtured, welcomed, accepted. Let me read you what Ray Orland says. Listen to his language. Gospel doctrine without gospel culture nullifies the grace of God. Hear what he's saying? If you preach the message of the cross, justified by faith in Christ alone, but it's not reflected in the way you relate to each other, you have nullified the grace of God. The two must go together. They belong with each other. 
How do you work out if someone understands the Christian message? A part of my answer would be, it's actually how they treat you. It's whether or not you experience kindness and generosity and forgiveness and mercy. Ray Orland, gospel doctrine without gospel culture nullifies the grace of God. Gospel doctrine, however pure, cannot stand alone. Faithfulness to the gospel is a matter of profession and conduct. Paul thought so. We are either living proof of the grace of God or we are a living denial of the grace of God. We are never neutral. And pointing to our orthodox doctrinal statements, wonderful as they are, is no refuge. Faithfulness is a matter of pressing the grace revealed in our doctrine into every relationship all the time. It's not a matter of personal niceness. It's a matter of biblical authority. We have no future without it. If you have experienced the grace of God, what kind of person will you become? Kind, gracious, generous, non-judgmental. People will feel safe around you. What kind of Christian community, what kind of church will people enter if that church is shaped by the gospel of grace? And my response is, the colour of your skin will not matter. Your background will not matter. The language you use won't matter. Christ is the only thing, as it were, that will matter. You will be at home. You won't be judged, condemned, because the, the way you look or what you say, your culture, your background, nothing. Home. So here's the question for you. Is that your experience at DPC? Home. Safe. Loved. Let me stop and pray. Father God, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Absolutely sensational what you did. Sending your son. Living a life we do not live. Dying the death we deserve to die. What grace. We pray, Father, that that grace would transform us individually and collectively. Help us collectively to live by grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank <laughs> you.